to the next edition of Infection Control Matters. And today I'm joined by Phil Rosso. Phil, nice to have you on board with me today. Thanks, Brett. Yes, I've been away for a little while, uh, busy working, uh, but it's great to be back and um, looking forward to our chat today with Jason. Thanks, Phil. Um, good segue there. So today we do have our special guest is Professor Jason Monty. And Jason is head of department and professor with the Fluid Mechanics Group in the Department of Mechanical Engineering at the University of Melbourne. Uh, Jason is also an expert in experimental fluid mechanics, hydrodynamics, and experienced with the field measurements of atmospheric turbulence. Now, to someone in infection control, a lot of that doesn't mean a lot, which is exactly why we have Jason on board today to explain a whole range of things about air purifiers uh, and ventilation. Welcome, Jason. Hi, Brett. Hi, Phil. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks Thanks for giving up your time. We appreciate it. So um, I guess perhaps as a starting point, um, you know, you've, you've got involved in in ventilation, air purification in, in the context of COVID recent, oh, in recent times, I guess. It's been a little while now, and we're working together on a few things as well. Um, so I guess go, go back a step, and, and, and I guess maybe if you could just tell us why is ventilation important in the context of sort of as uh, airborne and aerosol transmission of pathogens? Yeah, well, it's a year ago, this was a big question. Why is ventilation important? Uh, and there was, a, there was a reluctance at that time to accept that aerosol transmission was a, a serious risk. Um, but I think today we're, we're, uh, re- we've realised how important that actually is. Uh, so if, if aerosol transmission is an important transmission route for an infectious disease, then it's going to spread uh, when the virus attaches to aerosols, small particles in, that are floating around in the air. Those particles will be inhaled by other people and, and people can get the disease that way. So if you want to stop that happening, uh, you need to take those particles out of the air. Now, there's a, there's a subtlety I'll bring up here. is Ventilation actually refers to, to changing air or bringing in clean air. Uh, and, and that's subtly different to actually cleaning the air that's in the space. So ventilation generally means open a window, turn on the aircon, and you'll bring in fresh air. And, and what that effectively does is dilute the infectious disease in a room. Air cleaning, on the other hand, which, which I think we're going to talk a lot about today, is where you take air that's in the room that's got virus particles that have come out from a human expulsion, and, and you take them out of the, the air that's in that room. And that's what these little portable air cleaners or air purifiers do. Excellent. Thanks, Jason. That's a great intro to, to this topic. And we are going to just talk really specifically about the air purifiers and, and, and that side of things. But just before we get onto that, just, just for the purposes of clarity in terms of ventilation, um, uh, you mentioned about ventilation where opening a window or having air, uh, air external air coming in. The HVAC system, can you just briefly explain what what does that actually mean uh, in terms of ventilation, uh, perhaps in the context of you know a building or uh, perhaps even a healthcare facility, but generally a building? Yeah, sure, Brett. So HVAC is heating, ventilation and air conditioning. Um, it's, it's something that we all encounter every time we go into a building. So up in the ceiling or on the roof, there'll be this intricate network of ducts uh, sometimes they're visible, but often they're hidden. And that, that duct system 
the the whole purpose of that is to circulate air or, or blow fresh air in to each room. Now, the way that basically works is you have a large fan, usually on the roof or in a in a um, soundproof room, and that that circulates all this air around a big building. So it's it's one integrated system. It's not a bunch of small systems. It's one integrated system. So we often call that the building ventilation system. So HVAC or building ventilation system is essentially the same thing. Part of the infection control response we've seen to the pandemic is guidelines on how to improve that system, such as turning the speed up, so delivering more air. Uh, the big one has been having more fresh air. So an HVAC system can operate in two ways. It can circulate air uh, as it tries to clean it with a filter, or it can bring in fresh air and displace the old air in the building with this fresh air. So you'll see the guidelines now are try to get as close to 100% fresh air as possible, which makes sense. Fantastic. Thanks, Jason. So, Jason, just to follow up on that a little bit more and the, the difference between fresh air or ventilation and clean air, how, how do you know that you need to get more ventilation in? Is, that, is this where measuring CO2 levels comes in? Is that an indicator of that you need to open up the windows and, and get some um, external air into the building? That's a great question, Phil. Um, so that's that's correct. You, you've probably heard a little bit about CO2 monitors and, and what they can do. So CO2, of course, goes up when you have people in a room and they're expelling C CO2. If you have uh, so uh, too many people in a room, uh, the CO2 levels might go up. But if you don't have enough ventilation in a room, with even a small number of people, the CO2 levels could go up. So the background CO2 level outside is about 400 parts per million. And you'll see very quickly in a poorly ventilated space, if you have just two people in, in, a, in a room, uh, you'll see that CO2 level go up very quickly. And that's a good indicator that you don't have enough airflow. But However, I would say that there are situations where that's not the only indicator. So... In, in uh, say, school classrooms or homes or office spaces, CO2 is a great indicator of whether you have ventilation problems. In somewhere like a hospital, where you have much better airflows than you would have in those other spaces I mentioned, the CO2 levels are generally pretty good, even though you might have issues with where the air is flowing within the hospital. So it's, it's a good indicator, but there are some uh, cases, such as hospitals, where it, it may not be the best. Okay, so I might come back to the CO2 levels a bit later on, but um, perhaps let's move into the air purifiers um, that um, have sort of taken off in the past couple of months, particularly in um, in quarantine hotels in Australia. Um, just down to basics, I guess, Jason, can you tell us what an air purifier is and, and what it does and the, the portable air, air filters I'm thinking of in particular? There are a couple of different types of air purifiers and this can be a bit confusing to the public. Um, the, the simplest version of an air purifier, uh, which we refer to as an air cleaner, so generally there's air cleaners and air purifiers and air cleaner is one that takes out aerosols and air purifier is generally one that has a carbon filter that also takes out gases. So when we talk about the air cleaners, which is what we worry about for infection control, because they're the ones that take out the aerosols, which will be harboring the virus, there you have a couple of different types. And this is an important distinction. You have ones with HEPA filters. 
Okay, so you have air cleaners with just HEPA filters. So HEPA filter is just basically like a paper filter that uh, filters out, physically captures aerosol particles, and it does this very well. So a HEPA H13 filter will filter out 99.97% of all particles. I know there's some confusing information on what exactly they do, but you can you can uh, you can take my word on that one. It's 99.97% of all particles, and there's independent uh, testing of of those HEPA filters in order to get that classification. So HEPA filters work really well, they catch the particles. There's another type out there, which are called ionizers, um, where they electronically pull out particles. So they, they charge the air, a bit like a lightning strike. They charge the air and that causes the, the separation of the air and the particles and the particles can be trapped or fall out of the airstream. The second type, that type that I just described, the ionization, we're not currently recommending. And I know this is a, a bit tough on that industry. The, the reason we don't recommend it is because there isn't enough research done on what happens when you ionize the air. We know when you ionize the air that you will get VOCs formed. That's inevitable. When you charge the air, you get VOCs. And what are VOCs, Jason? VOCs are volatile organic compounds. Yep. Um, basically, they're, they're, think they're gases that can irritate people. Um, they, they can cause harm in, in large concentrations, but let's let's distinguish from that. These these portable air cleaners that use ionization are not going to, you know, have poisonous levels of VOCs, but what they might have is enough to trigger something like an asthma attack. So VOCs are known to uh, cause problems for people with poor respiratory function, and as you can imagine, uh, or, or as you can understand, in in an infectious disease pandemic that's affecting respiratory function, that's probably not what you want to be doing. Are there, are there also standards like there are for HEPA filters in terms yeah. of, um, you know, how effective some of these might be? So that's a great point, Brett, is about what I was about to say. Oh, was, sorry. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Uh, what I was about to say is there aren't standards and that's the problem. And that's why I don't want to be too harsh on this industry. It's not anyone's fault that uh, that this happens, uh, that, that, that the ionizers um, cause these VOCs and these can be irritants. We just don't know how much of an irritant they can be. We don't know how much VOC they give off because it's not regulated. As you just said, there aren't standards on how much uh, ozone, for example, you're allowed to produce. Um, and so nobody tests for that. And there's no independent testing available for that kind of testing. So I think we need regulations in that area because they could be really good. Mm. They're much more efficient. Uh, the HEPA filter actually blocks particles, it blocks the air. So it requires a bit more power to blow the air through those filters, whereas the ionizers are very, very efficient and could be fantastic if they are safe to use. But at this stage, we don't recommend the use of those because the HEPA filter is the alternative uh, and it works perfectly fine. And just on the HEPA filter, um, you know, it, um, of course, you alluded to the fact there are different types of HEPA filters. People just sort of sometimes refer to HEPA filters in a, as a broad brush. And you mentioned H13. If you were choosing a, an air purifier for your healthcare facility, aged care facility or hospital, would you be going for the H13 personally or would you be happy with the H11, H12? What is, what, what's the, is there a massive difference between those? The H13 is 99.97%. H14 is 99.95%. Um, you're dealing with pretty small margins. Uh, I, 
so when you go to buy a HEPA filter, generally when an air purifier says it's got a HEPA filter in it, it's an H13. So you, you're probably struggling to find anything different anyway. But what you might find is some of the, the much cheaper models uh, may not specify it. And that could be a bit of a warning sign because you, it may not be independently tested. But any of the reputable brands, um, you'll find uh, use H13 HEPA filters. Excellent. So if you were if you were um, thinking about buying one for your aged care facility or hospital, um, what kind of th- things would you be keen or suggest that people look out for in terms of some of the important considerations when purchasing them? Yeah, so first of all, you want to get a, a HEPA filter, an air filter that has been independently tested. That should be easy to, to find out from the website. After that, the next biggest consideration is what's called the CADA, the clean air delivery rate, which is just basically how fast the air blows, how much air it blows. Um, it, it might also be listed as a volume flow rate uh, in metres cubed per hour. They're always in metres cubed per hour. You want that number to be big. Simple as that. You want it to be as big as you can get. Um, there's a limit to how big that will get for a domestic unit, so you can, you'll never be able to get too big unless you go industrial. Uh, and and the only limit I would say on that is noise. So if if the noise is going to be too much for you, then you might need to go down to a a, a bunch of smaller units. But otherwise, go for as big as you can get. Often the manufacturer will tell you uh, not just the cleaner delivery rate, which most of us probably don't know what it means, but it, it will tell you the square meterage that that will um, that will clean the air. Um, so, yeah, look on the box. Basically, uh, we did a lot of research into how effective these air purifiers were. Uh, I should yeah. say that this wasn't an area that I knew much about before the pandemic. And when I came in, I saw these air purifiers and thought they were too good to be true. Yeah, because what they say they do on the box is pretty much exactly what we need to do in it in an enclosed space and I didn't believe it. So I said about testing it, we actually built a room in our laboratory at the University of Melbourne, uh, a sealed room to simulate HVAC, simulate a building ventilation system and include air purifiers and did all this fantastic research and then discovered that that was literally what was written on the box. Yeah, excellent. (laughs) You've you've, you've kindly shown me that room um, and it's a great great setup to simulate essentially a a two bedroom in in a hospital environment. Uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, and and with similar sort of pressures and things that you'd expect in that type of facility, so um, some some great work there. In fact, Jason, we might um, might put some of the links to those bits of work uh, that you've done on our website. If that's that's okay. Absolutely, Phil. Over to you. Yeah, can I can I um, just ask Jason? I, I was reading one of the articles, and I think it's probably what Brett was alluding to that that you're involved in, um, and I think it says that in a typical um, hospital room with an air purifier, the air is cleaned out after about five minutes or so. I think with a with a purifier. Um, just might, there there would be other factors that we need to take into play. Wouldn't I mean we can't place an air purifier uh, in a big large room and expect that same sort of efficacy? And I'm also wondering if um, the ex- air exchange rate influences how quickly a purifier can can clean a room as well. Um, so. The placement of purifiers is, is fairly important, isn't it, where they are located and, and the size of the room that they're located in? 
Yeah, there's, there's a great questions, Phil. So while our, our, our research into the actual devices didn't show us much uh, excitement in terms of the air purifiers and what they could actually do as a unit, what it did show us is some fascinating answers to the questions you're, you're asking right now. So placement is, of course, important. If you put your air purifier up against the wall or block any outlets um, or inlets, that's not going to work. We generally recommend that the air purifier is put as close to the source as possible. So that, that's easy enough in a hospital where you know where the patients are going to be, but perhaps in, in other spaces it's not so obvious. Um, and in, in those cases where you don't know where people are going to be, you might want to put it, say, close to a doorway or uh, spread them out at least. You wouldn't put two air purifiers in a room right next to each other. You'd put them on opposite corners. Mm -hmm. But having said that, I, I encourage people not to worry too much about placement. I mean, to, to really understand where they should be placed perfectly requires, you know, PhDs to study the airflow in the room. And that's, it, it's, it's unnecessary. You're trying to get small gains. The, the air purifiers are actually really powerful little units that actually suck pretty hard and blow, uh, blow back, of course, equally as hard in a small area. So they do a pretty good job wherever you put them. So I would, I, I would not use that as, an, as a concern uh, to, to shy away from actually purchasing the air purifier. Um, you raised large spaces. Now, this is a really good point. Air purifiers are awesome for small spaces, bedroom, uh, meeting room, tea room, um, offices, hospital uh, rooms, uh, even hospital corridors. We've proven they work pretty well. But you're exactly right. In a large space, let's say with a huge ceiling or um, probably the best example is open offices with cubicles. You're starting to get to a point where you, there could be small changes in in those rooms that cause the airflow to move in in all sorts of directions, and it would be very hard to guarantee that you're doing a good job. That's not to say that they're certainly useless in a large space, but certainly I would say in a small space they will work fantastically well. In a large space, it's a lot more complicated, and I couldn't guarantee they'll work as well. Sure. So. I guess um, with the placement in, in a small room, you don't need. It's not like the uh, the barbecue or the fireplace where you need to stand around and keep yourself warm. You can actually. Um, you don't need. You know the people crowding around, crowding around it. Uh, so just moving, thinking forward, I guess is is uh, air purifiers something? Are we going to? Are they become going to become a standard piece of equipment in hospitals, or are these the function that air purifiers do is that something that could be built into future hvac systems uh, for hospitals yeah yeah it's, it's a great question again um so the idea of having one building having thousands of portable air cleaners plugged in with to a powerpoint is is crazy for the long term right There's, maybe in a hospital you, hospitals are doing it now and and the hotel quarantine is doing it and that's fantastic um, but that it's not likely that your you know skyscrapers in the city are going to go out and buy a hundred thousand air purifiers and plug them all in. Um, in fact, there's good reasons not to do that for all sorts of reasons. But what do we do? What do we do then? We know that they work really well. So that the HVAC systems as they stand now move air throughout a building, but at the same time they do that, they're heating and cooling. 
And that's well known to be very expensive, not just in terms of money, but in terms of uh, emissions for the environment. Um, air conditioning is a huge cost. So if, if uh, engineers are going to advocate increasing flow rates through the HVAC system, that's going to be an enormous cost to the economy and to emissions. So it's, it's not feasible. Uh, as soon as there's any reduction in threat, people will stop doing that. So what do we do then? Well, my suggestion, and I haven't heard this talked about too much, so I'm not sure how the industry is responding, but my suggestion would be to have a supplementary system. This is essentially what we're doing now, is, is getting lots of air purifiers and sticking them on the ground. It's not difficult to conceive of the same sort of thing built into the ceiling, but as a building system of smaller air purifiers that actually circulate air in the room and whose only job is to clean the air, not to heat and cool it. Cleaning the air through an air purifier is actually pretty cheap. You've got a fan and you've got a filter and blowing air is not very expensive either for uh, in dollars or in emissions. So I think that in improvements to the building ventilation system are going to be expensive and unattractive to pretty much everybody. But a supplementary system that can be easily installed into each room and works independently only to clean the air from infectious disease or aerosol particles, I think would be the way to go. It'd be a new industry. Uh, it would be much more attractive. It'd be cheap. Uh, but it also has the added advantage that you're also taking out other particulates. You know, it's, it's not only infectious disease that causes problems. There's uh, diesel particles in cities. There's smoke from bushfires. Uh, the, the air cleaners would also take those out equally as well. That's great, Jason. Look, just perhaps that, that leads in nicely perhaps the final question in the interest of time, because I think we could go into a whole range of things, <laughs> a range of things with this topic. Um, air, air purifiers for your home. Um, you mentioned there about smoke and diesel and other pollutants. Um, do you think um, they, they have a role in, in people's homes as a, as a purchase for a living area or a bedroom or something like that? Absolutely. As I said, these work really well for enclosed spaces, particularly enclosed spaces with poor ventilation, and homes tend to have quite poor ventilation. Um, and we see a lot of split system air conditioners. Split system air conditioners, of course, just circulate air, um, mostly without any kind of filter. Uh, so th there isn't much ventilation in a home. And these air purifiers work really well. Uh, they're not that expensive. And um, yeah, to protect you from a whole range of threats, I think, mm -hmm. inside the house. Look, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you, Jason. Um, we really appreciate uh, your time today. Uh, we didn't get onto a few other topics, but uh, like how do we clean um, air purifiers? Uh, perhaps that's that's a discussion for another day, but there are, there are organisations who've worked this out, including where Phil and I work and, and many others. So I'm sure people will be happy to share those resources. Uh, of course, there are instructions as well to follow for manufacturers. Um, but thanks so much, Jason, for your time today. Um, we really appreciate it. Oh, it was a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jason. And thanks to all our listeners. And it's goodbye from us. Ciao.